This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. From the launch your online shop stage, all the way to the we just hit a million orders stage. No matter what stage you're in, Shopify's there to help you grow. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash special offer, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash special offer. What's in store this holiday at your local Staples? Gifts and packages shipped with care. So you can relax in knowing they'll soon be there. Now at Staples, you get 15% off UPS shipping services and 15% off all shipping supplies. Plus, Staples is open seven days a week. So you can ship around your schedule this holiday. And still get everything out in time while spending less. Staples, there's a whole lot in store this holiday. Exclusions apply. In-store only. See associate for details. Ends 12-29-18. I asked you a question. Oh my god, this girl's really turning me on. Suck me sideways. Are you gonna pull those pistols and whistle Dixie? Out of words, motorcycle madhouse on iHeartRadio. And welcome to this dual edition of Motorcycle Madhouse and the Biker Angle over on YouTube. I'm James Hollywood Machikari. And today we're going to talk a little bit about history. As you know, history is uh, something good. And if you don't know your history, uh, you're lacking, (laughs) for the better word. But uh, today we're going to talk about uh, some history from David Walters. Now, if you guys don't know who David is, David is the one who does a lot of history stuff on uh, Insane Throttle. And let me tell you, this guy is a walking encyclopedia of what it is in the motorcycle community as far as history-wise. And he just did a fantastic piece. I'm talking fantastic piece on uh, author, uh, what is this, Ashley Franklin or they call them AF, Van Order. So let's get into David's piece and let's talk about why it's so important for New Jacks and everybody else to know where we came from. So this is a piece from David. The culture has shifted, to say the least, since William Arthur Walter and the boys got down to business. It has changed since Yonkers MC which, man, if you guys don't know who Yonkers MC is, man, they're one of the freaking oldest in the world, man. They're like 115 years old. We actually did an interview with uh, one of the ex-presidents, and, you know, he's still a member, but uh, he was a president during the 1970s. So it, go over there, check out that episode of Motorcycle Madhouse, and... You know, it's awesome hearing from these older guys. But uh, back to David's article. Uh, First transition from bicycles to single valve engines. And I was telling David yesterday how freaking weird it is for it to come full circle. Because, you know, they just threw engines on bikes back in the day. And now it's come, you know, full circle where they're throwing these engines back on bicycles, and they're getting like 150 freaking miles a gallon on this stuff. You know, those bikes, you see those little tanks on there, and next thing you know, 150 miles later on a gallon of gas. Shit, that's awesome. Uh, The culture has changed since the last board track race, or since Playa del Rey saw its last race. The discussion of what direction we are moving our culture and our future into is a debated one. It doesn't contain a right answer, and it is all the arguments 
of a physical, socioeconomic, societal, and tradition in support of either side of the argument. This article certainly isn't here to sway you to the older days or try to change that happened in the 1960s. Another day, another time. Man, Dave, we're looking forward to that article, especially the 60s. You know I'm uh, a huge fan of the Vietnam era, guys. The early days of motorcycle history, racing, and clubs should be something that everybody enjoys, though. Look past your favorite team or your support, your local whatever. Preserving our culture, heritage, past, and our future should be everyone's concern. I don't care if you are a top one percenter club, a mom and popper, a hardcore racer, a hooligan, or a weekend warrior with your buddies. All of us were born in Milwaukee, London, the oldest MC, and Elmhurst, Culver City, Oakland, and of course, played Del Rey. And he's right, that's where uh, everything in our history comes from, is right there. Ashley Franken, AF, Van Order, as he was called, was literally everything I wish I was. Born in Illinois in 1886, he would go on to become a board track racer. The first historian and photographer of motorcycle events during the early Southern California racing heyday. Witnessed the birth of some of the first motorcycle clubs not the first, founded of one of the most prestigious MCs, not an MC in the traditional sense, and a three-time Hall of Fame inductee, AMA Sturgis and Trailblazers MCHOMF, or HOF, sorry Dave, had too much coffee this morning. He would be there in the early 1900s at Agricultural Park in Southern California, the birthplace of American motorcycle racing. Van Order started off in the dangerous world of board track racing. Racers would race in the wooden motor domes, similar to bicycle races of Europe, and would hit speeds in excess of 100 miles an hour at points in the high bank tracks. This was a Super Bowl of sporting world at the time. As many as 12 to 20,000 spectators would attend early races in Southern California. It was not uncommon after bills and promoters were paid for a winning rider to take home over $5,000 in prize money. Quite a sum in 1905 and he's got that fucking right man. Holy shit, 5 G's in 1905? Man. It was in 1910 that he moved to Southern California to ride and race year-round. Van Order would end his racing career after a devastating injury took partial sight in one of his eyes. The story goes that after the injury, his wife issued him an ultimatum. He could continue to race with a partial eye or stay married. This caused him to focus on selling bikes, taking some of the first recorded pictures of motorcycles, motorcycling events, and races. He would become one of the first to recognize the need to preserve early history of the culture and spent the last half of his life doing exactly that. Van Order was the first historian, and without his passion, we would have considerably less knowledge of our own beginnings. Van Order would record pictures of some of the legendary first production bikes of Indian Excelsior and Harley. He would travel with the Harley racing team, the Wrecking Crew. One of his closest friends was Lawrence Ray Weishar. Ray, as he is, was known, was a champion Class A racer in the 1910s and 20s. He made Hogg famous for Harley and not his Harley owners group. Ray had a pig for a mascot and Ray or someone on the Wrecking Crew won a race. The pig would take a victory lap with the rider. So there's where your hog came from. You know, it wasn't Harley's ideal. It was one of us uh, normal bikers that gave that to him. Just another thing that they uh, took besides our image to make their money. 
Ray would unfortunately be killed in a race as would another famous Wrecking Crew member, Sh Shrimp Burns. Some historical clubs owe their first documented pictures to him. He covered the rise and fall of board tracks and wrote stories about the riders who raced, and too often lost their lives on an incredibly dangerous circuit of the day. He covered the great on-track battles between the big three American makers, Harley-Davidson, Indian Excelsior. In 1936, he founded the Trail Blazers MC, originally called the Old Timers. His requirement for membership was that a rider had to have at least 20 years of experience on a motorcycle. At the first banquet meeting held in Los Angeles, 145 people attended. Van Order documented the distance traveled, total miles a rider had in a career, or how long they had been riding for, and documented it in the first notes of the Trail Blazers meetings. As I mentioned, I called the old timers for the first few years. You can still see facts pulled from notes on the Trail Blazers website including the documentation that one attendee had been writing since 1899. The Trailblazers MC today still holds an annual banquet and is deeply involved in preservation of motorcycle history. To be inducted into their Hall of Fame is a high honor and includes such notables as Hap Elzia, Scott Altry, Cannonball Baker, John Cameron, John Davis, Bud Elkins, Floyd Emby, Jim Hunter Hamp, Jones, Ed Crates uh, Sr. and Jr., and many other greats. Today, legendary writer Don Emney, Daytona 200 winner, among other acolytes, site sits as the president of the Trailblazers. Van Order passed away in 1954. Before his death, he has been... Uh, writing for Motorcyclist Magazines for over 20 years. He had a popular co column called 30 Years with Vaughn, where he documented and discussed many of the early aspects and start to the sport and its stars. Van Order was inducted into the AMA Hall of Fame in 1998. The last bit from his AMA induction into the AMA Hall of Fame says it's best. Many of Van Order's Original film images, converted from glass plates, sat in a shoebox for more than 40 years, passed down to his daughter. The box of film was eventually passed down to Van Order's great-grandson, and under his care, the press's images are being restored and preserved. Several Van Order's images were displayed as part of the Gungenheim Museum. Quote, the Art of Motorcycle Exhibit. It's safe to say that it, it were not for AF Van Order. Much of the rich history of the early days of motorcycle racing would be lost. Motorcycle Van House with James Hollywood Bachari. Now, two days a week. Tuesdays and Saturdays at 1 p.m. Central Standard Time. Listen and download all episodes for free on HarleyBikerNews.com. Or the show is available on all major podcasting platforms like the iHeartRadio, iTunes, Stitcher, and more. Hi, this is James Hollywood Machikari, host of the Motorcycle Madhouse and the Biker Angle over on YouTube. If you're looking for up-to-date biker news, then Insane Throttle is the place to be. Daily editorials and news that is dedicated to the biker scene. Come on over and join the number one internet biker news site at HarleyLiberty.com. Or come on over to the Insane Throttle's new YouTube channel for the Biker Angle, hosted by myself. Valorous Throttle and Valorous Fitness Custom Clothing Line is bringing the motorcycle and fitness culture together. Be heard and stand out in the crowd with our custom apparel and clothing. If we don't have what you're looking for, we'll bring your ideals to life. We're also proud sponsors of Motorcycle Madhouse on Insane Throttle. Check us out on www.outoftheboxclothingandproductsllc.com. We have great feedback and we'll do our best to keep it that way.
Hey riders, this is little brother Trucker from Storm Kicker, and you're listening to Hollywood on Motorcycle Madhouse. Want to hear more of iTunes? Head on over to stormkicker.com. And don't forget, ride on. Hollywood's Motorcycle Madhouse on iHeartRadio. Your mouth all glued up with honey juice. I asked you a question. It's time for the adventures of Butterball. A biker so fat that when he jumps on a scale, it says to be continued. We now give you the man that makes every motorcycle say, oh shit, when he comes walking towards them. This is the adventures of Butterball. Hello, I must speak to one lawyer. Please. Uh, what's the problem? I, I, I must uh, talk to somebody now. I cannot even think properly. What is the problem? I, I went to deliver one pizza. I knocked on wrong door. The man came out and uh, punched me, uh, beat me for no reason. I did knock on wrong door. Okay. He's in underwear and he's... he's
stuck and inside Take a breath, there will be someone wait There will be someone stand Oh, what a mess you create all your life Cause you've been away far away again Take your time, there will be someone coming and taking you away All your life Hey there, this is Hollywood from the gorgeous ladies of wrestling, and you're listening to Hollywood on Motorcycle Madhouse. Want to keep up with all my projects? Then head on over to my Twitter account, at Glow Hollywood, and don't forget to listen to Motorcycle Madhouse every Tuesday and Saturday on all iTunes, iHeartRadio, and all major podcasting platforms. Hi, I'm James Hollywood Machikari, and my new book, The New Age of Biking and Brotherhood, is coming out to Kindle and all major ebook platforms September 1st. In it, I address many issues facing the modern biker and motorcycle club member. The subjects covered are non politically correct, and many issues are exposed that will rock the biker scene. I will expose some of those people who claim to be biker experts and others I expose for what they are doing to the scene for personal gain. This book is sure to light the internet ablaze. The exact reason why I chose to write this book in the first place. The internet has had a negative effect on the biker scene. This is especially the case for motorcycle clubs. Once a proud tradition of being a motorcycle club member to many, 
It's no longer the case because those who have no business being in a club have decided to go around their traditions and use the internet to start their own. Buckle up and get ready for a wild ride. This book will hit on the issues no one wants to talk about. Hopefully in some small way this book will help people make some changes to the club scene before it's too late. And that was Drum Back, Back to the Roots. Some deep shit right there. What do all you think there, man, of Butterball getting beat up over a pizza? You think that's why he won't turn in his patches, man? <laughs> Afraid he's going to get beat up or some shit like that? <laughs> anyway, man, you know... The next segment we're going to talk about is the media and just how screwed up they really are. You know, I put up a story yesterday over on Insane Throttle Biker News and it had to deal with what the media claimed to be a standoff in Indianapolis. There was four clubs that were there and they made this big spectacle of this in their newspaper and it's what's worse about it is they got it totally screwed up you know in the article you know for one you can tell it's a bunch of police propaganda but they actually said that the black pistons motorcycle club was hanging around with the hell's angels now everybody knows that the black pistons are an official support club to an AOA. So, them putting it out there is nothing more than, one, ignorance, and two, if they did know what they were doing, it came from the cops to try to start some shit. So, that's just how bad the media really is. And I'm actually going to play, and I don't know if everybody knows or listens to this kind of stuff, but I'm going to be playing a clip from Alex Jones. As everyone knows, Alex Jones was just banned from every social media platform out there because, you know, your far-left liberal socialist Democrats wanted them off the air. So what happened? They did a constructive uh, fuck you against Alex Jones, got him down. That's really frightening right there, that the media or social media anyway, can bond together and just get rid of your free speech. Yes, hey, they're in business, it's their platform, blah, blah, blah. But what's really frightening is the U.S. government ain't doing nothing to stop this. Personally, I think Facebook, YouTube, uh, Twitter, and all the major ones should be uh, federally regulated, just like any radio station, because that's how much power they now have. You know, it's some scary shit. You know, these people can put out there whatever they want. They can control the conversation through their, you know, anthrograms or whatever the hell they call it. And people see what they want them to see. And if that ain't propaganda, I don't know what is. So, listen to this story and you'll see what I'm saying about it. This is a perfect example how the media is trying to influence the club scene and how dangerous this is. I don't know if they realize what they printed here, but to say that the Black Pistons Motorcycle Club is hanging around 81, I really don't think they know the danger of doing that shit and how much fucking trouble that can cause for real people on the streets. So, the article was... Uh, titled standoff in indy four clubs show presence sons of silence outlaws black pistons and the angels impd monitors all during the indiana rally and this is from fox 59 and i've already uh put out an email and trying to get a correction on this story because i know how dangerous this is Indianapolis, Indiana, and I guess this happened over the weekend. 
During a bold and never-before-seen show of presence in an attempt to establish territorial claim, four biker clubs rallied in Indianapolis Saturday as IMPD officers maintained a wary watch. Two long-established Indianapolis biker gangs were with approximately 130 motorcycles representing the Sons of Silence, the Outlaws, and other allies partnered up at a southeast side rally location before dispensing in small groups of a dozen or so riders to head for bars throughout the east side early Saturday afternoon. Meanwhile, an apparently newly formed congregation of the Hells Angels, many from Ohio but never previously represented in large strengths in central Indiana, was joined by other bikers, including the Black Pistons of Michigan, outside of a clubhouse location south of downtown. There you have it, folks. Do you see how fucking dangerous these people are? Dangerous to put some shit out there like that, man, when they know it's not true. <laughs> right there can cause a bunch of bullshit. And for no reason. At both locations, and at a South Meridian Street Bar, IMPD patrol officers, motorcycle units, state and federal agents as well as a department helicopter, kept watch on the buried groups. Homeland Security Commander Brian Mahone, accompanied by four officers and Fox 59, engaged the leadership of the Sons of Silence Outlaws contingent in a conversation about ex expected traffic behavior as the bikers prepared to set out on their various runs in Marion County. Mahoney briefed the bikers on the officers' intentions to provide a safe traffic venue while advising, advising folks, the rival gangs to steer clear of one another during their travels. Quote, I know you're not going to say, hey, officers, help us out if there is trouble, said Mahoney, but we intend to keep everyone safe. I told them to ride today and drink tonight the biker leader said to his crews. One officer told Fox 59, it's no coincidence that the various bikers numbering more than 200 riders in various locations all chose Indianapolis as a location of their runs this weekend. The Indianapolis biker community has been in flux and suffered a loss of strength and prominence during the past several years. After a heyday in the 1990s when open warfare and pipe bombings marked the rivalries of these gangs, multiple local and federal narcotics, murder, and racketeering investigations into the outlaws stripped that organization of its top generation of leadership. Culminating in the October 2015 bulldozing of the gang's East New York Street headquarters after its seizure by U.S. Marshals. Since that time... The group has been thought to be casting about for a new headquarters location, which it may have secured at a mostly abandoned and run-down strip mall in southeast Marion County. After a period of quiet and relative inactivity, traffic has also increased at the Sons of Silence Fortress headquarters on West Michigan Street in Hoffville. You know, with the Fortress bullshit, guys, come on. The Hells Angels, the most notorious and legendary of the outlaw biker gangs, has never enjoyed a presence in Indianapolis, limiting its Indiana operations to the northwest corner of the state, according to multiple investigators and biker community sources. Within the last month, Angel colors have been noticed on the backs of Harley-Davidson riders in the city, as well as the renovation of the clubhouse on Bluff Road. More than 75 bikers sat in the hot afternoon sun outside the clubhouse today, save for the 50 or so bikers that took a short spin around Monument Circle in a downtown crowded by construction and thousands of high school band participants in competition at Lucas Oil Stadium. Three Metro uh, police cars stood by the HA headquarters, and one officer told Fox 59 News, he enjoyed a civil conversation with the bikers and found many of them, like himself, to be veterans. As the afternoon wore on and intended 
South side bar red rendezvous within a short riding distance of the Angels headquarters did not materialize while other gains confined themselves to other parts of the city. IMPD drew down its presence. At nightfall, only a handful of bikers remained outside the Angels headquarters. Investigators surmised that the bold presence of the Angels in Indianapolis at a time of perceived weakness on behalf of the local Suns and Outlaw gangs led to today's flexing. IMPD did not report any incidents involving the bikers, but one minor injury when a rider dumped his motorcycle. You know, so there you have the article, folks. And can you say how fucked up that really was, that article? <laughs> do they, do journalists ever do, you know, follow their own journalistic ethics anymore? Do they actually research a story to see what they're putting out is correct? Or is it now in the day and age of issuing corrections after corrections after corrections or, you know, rebuttals and rebuttals this and rebuttals that? This is getting sickening in this country. Just this week, we had over 135 news organizations agree to bond together to put out all the negative they can about President Donald Trump. Now, I don't give a shit which side of the aisle you're on or what you think of Trump. But when news media organizations get together and pull this kind of shit... That's nothing less than state-sponsored propaganda. And this goes for Alex Jones as well. I don't care if you like him, hate him, love him, whatever. But when he's talking in this, uh, what I'm about to play, he's dead freaking on. Dead freaking on. So it's time to wake up, people. It really is on what's going on out there. Stop being sheep in a wolf's world. You, you, you Don't sit there and complain when shit's going wrong for you when you don't get involved. But take a listen to this Alex Jones uh, deal. You know, fucking interesting as hell. Really is, man. And he's true to some a lot of points in this thing. But uh, here's Alex Jones, and uh, let me know what you think in the comment section of uh, the show notes. And uh, let's get a conversation started. Let's get the word out about what these people really like. I'm live on Saturday afternoon because I live on this planet with the rest of you. And my fate is your fate. Our destinies are tied together. I've been studying politics for 30 years. I've been on air for 22. I've been syndicated for 20. And I spend my life studying real documents, real legislation, real political movements. And I see how uninformed the public is when it comes to serious issues. It hurts my heart. Now, the globalists and a lot of parasitic elites, they're opportunistic. They look at a dumbed-down population, busy watching TV and football and enjoying all the great bounties of our society, and they see you asleep at the switch, and they think, hey, those are people we can exploit. Everything I've ever done is to fight illegal wars and tyranny. That's why I stood up against the Clintons and Bush and Obama. But when you talk about President Trump and you look at what he's done pulling us out of the unconstitutional global government TPP that both the left and right were against, moving to reestablish Glass-Steagall, moving to cut taxes on poor people, signing executive orders to start blocking the forced mandate of Obamacare and $5,000 a year fines on citizens the media told us didn't exist, defending our borders, that's what a sovereign country has, going after ISIS and Al-Qaeda that Obama and Hillary helped in power in the Middle East and Africa. Everything he's doing is so wholesome. Trump's doing everything he said he'd do, running over the top of people like Paul Ryan and others who fight him every step of the way and undermine him with leaks. And they're coming from Paul Ryan, who gets access to everything Trump's doing because he's like almost the co-president. He has more power, obviously, than, 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 than Pence does. Speaker of the House is powerful. Probably the third most powerful person in the U.S. government. Maybe the second. 
And so Trump is completely surrounded. George Soros, go look it up, financed Paul Ryan, all the top Republicans, um, Lindsey Graham, John McCain, Mitch McConnell. It's horrible. And Trump is just surrounded by all these enemies. But here's the big news. Give you a little bit of history. The big news is that the State Department had a thousand people resign two weeks ago. Great, get the hell out. But hundreds of others have signed letters attacking Trump, only implementing a law that's been on the books since the 1970s. And before that, it's even in the Constitution. The president can block whoever he wants that isn't a citizen. You get rights here because you pay taxes and you're born here or you came here legally. That's what it is. Globalism attacks that fundamental. But the State Department is in open rebellion against Trump and is saying, yes, we think Trump's with the Russians and we think Le Pen's with the Russians and any other nationalist movement in Europe's with the Russians and we're going to fight to keep Le Pen from getting elected. Our government getting involved to stop a nationalist patriot that wants to stop the Islamic invasion. And I'm reading their arrogant statements in the face of the president. So the American people have had their rebellion against the globalists and our hijacked federal government. But the federal government's sitting there going, we don't care what you do. We've got the big banks, we've got Bloomberg, we've got Goldman Sachs openly trying to kill the economy, openly trying to stop tax cuts for poor people, and the State Department is bad-mouthing the president, saying we'll do whatever we want when it is in the executive branch and he could fire every one of them tomorrow if he wanted to. But Trump understands they want him to fire all of them so they can say, look, he shut the government down. So he's caught trying with a federal government with millions of employees Some are patriots, some are bad, some are just wanting a paycheck, trying to cut taxes, trying to stabilize things, and he's totally surrounded. Everything Trump's doing is trying to empower the people. And he's got the entire Republican establishment against him. He's got Goldman Sachs, J.P. Morgan, the mega banks, the Vatican, the communist Chinese, the Islamicists, all against him. And you sit there and you claim you're anti-establishment. When the Democratic Party, the Republican Party, the kitchen sink is against Trump because he's so damn real. Russia started pulling out of globalism 18 years ago, the first country to do it in modern time. So when they say it's a Russian plot, no, the Russians were the example first. But it's Italy just said no to EU expansion. They wanted to march an EU army in and say their government had no authority. The the EU said to Italy a month ago, we want you to pass a law that you no longer have a military and we're over your country and can appoint your president. We want you to sign sovereignty over. And the Italian government people said, what the hell no, even though their president was pushing it. This isn't like hooray Italy or America or England. We're ending our countries as we know it. Forget left and right. They appointed a president in Italy and in Greece who was a deputy head of Goldman Sachs. And then I love the left. Oh, yeah, he appointed three Goldman Sachs. Yeah, tens of thousands of employees, mergers and acquisition, key people like Bannon that were in it and went public against it 20 years ago. And Mnuchin's been anti-New World Order and one-sided deals against America. You just don't know. Goldman Sachs wants world government. Goldman Sachs wants to take your guns. Goldman Sachs wants open borders. Goldman Sachs is the sworn enemy of Donald Trump and gave 100% of their presidential money to Hillary Rodham Clinton. Never in history have we had the corrupt power structure more against somebody. And see, Trump knows they're trying to break our will and our confidence. He knows he's surrounded. He knows he spent hundreds of millions of dollars to get into office. He knows that he's totally committed. He knows... He's got to look strong and work with world leaders and got to get the economy defibrillated and jump-started because it's in cardiac arrest. And he's looking confident and trying to move forward. He needed Priebus and others, so they threatened to shut the whole government down if he didn't kind of let them in. And we'll work with you, sir. He knew. He knew when he met with Romney, all that crap. He was feeling them out, getting intel. So he knows what he's doing, but just understand what he's doing. He is sitting there like the ultimate fighter pilot with 50 missiles being launched at him and every missile's missing him. And he's just delivering, dropping bombs on the globalist, unlocking our chains. It's, 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 it's so biblical, I can't believe it. I'd love to attack the president. I'd love to be the outsider. People say, oh, you know, you were always anti-establishment. Now you're for it. Because we never had had a real president in modern times that really gets the score and is trying to restore the republic to where you have the power, not the globalist. There's never been a more epic time. This is so incredible. When he told you we're going to unlock the secrets of disease and cure it, folks, they've got treatments that are 99% for cancer. Hell, they're invoking the cancer. It's been declassified. They're putting it in the vaccines. Trump wants to restrict the vaccines. He knows they're deadly. That's another thing he's moving to do. He is not out to get you. He's not perfect. 
but he's pro-human, he's not satanic. The good news is, no matter what they do to Trump, or no matter what they do to me, the human desire for liberty and the fact that a program is being set up to phase out humans, bring in robots, make us obsolete, and do all this, is actually reactivating the human life force potential and the human drive to survive and excel and it's happening now and it is a magic time and I'm so honored to be here with all of you. We already succeeded. We already won. It already happened. The enemy already gotten beat with their algorithms. They admit they can predict the future now with all these mass movements. They can see they're going to fail in the future. So now they're trying to convince you you lost so that you don't realize the victory you already have going forward. Because no matter what happens to Trump, this is only going to continue. You understand? This is the human destiny. This is the great awakening. This is asking God and providence back into our hearts. This is saying no to the culture of death. No to the new world order. But Trump is completely surrounded. But he can't sit there and whine about it because he's got to look strong, which he is for everybody, and move forward and hope he can get you prosperity as quickly as possible. But I've never seen... Hundreds of publications a day saying the economy is going to implode, everything's going to be the end of the world because, you know, of Trump, so they can blow the economies to blame him. They did the same thing starting six, eight months ago in Brexit, seven months ago. When was Brexit? Seven months ago, Buckley? Yeah. They did the same thing. They said, we're going to destroy your economy. They're so arrogant. They go, oh, you want your own country? You don't want to be under our control? We're going to destroy you and not let any of your bread be sold or your sheep be sold or your beef be sold or your grain be sold or your bottled water be sold to the EU. And England said, fine, go ahead and do that. We're going to accept all your stuff. All we're saying is Brussels isn't making all our decisions anymore. This is simple. Foreign megabanks set up the EU. It's unelected. That through trade deals like TPP previously, they got people roped into it. We were about to go under it, and America said no, and that's what's happening. But the globalists got to watch their ass now because they want the end of man to be here and their humet to be over. They want all about machines and digital and social engineering and control and manipulation. But the groups that I yelled at and said, what's your problem letting the New World Order do all this? What's your problem, FBI and CIA, going along with all this corruption? Why are you part of this? And they listened, actually, and were the key players in bringing down Hillary and the globalists and the pedophile rings in the last election. So again, New World Order, don't think that you're going to sit there and manipulate the warriors that make this country so strong and destroy themselves and their family. They now know about your plan to bring us all down, and they're now working overtime to defeat you and have a system that's pro-human. So you get ready for that, and know, if you want a war with humanity, I'm telling you can feel my spirit leaning up against yours, globalist. If you want a war, you better believe you got one, and my soul and my will and everything in my ancestors is against you. So you feel that new world order and George Soros, and everybody to pray with me that God strike you down politically and lay you low and show you for the scum you are. Hi, this is John with Exit 27 and you're listening to Hollywood on Motorcycle Madhouse. Want to hear more of our music? Head on over to Spotify or iTunes. Hollywood's Motorcycle Madhouse on iHeartRadio. People have been asking me uh, a lot of emails the last couple days and everybody knows why. But uh, they wanted a definition of what out bad means from a motorcycle club. And there's many definitions out there. It just depends what club you're from, what region, how they work things. But out bad could be, you know, it used to be in the old days a couple things. You either were shooting up with a needle. That was a no-no. Besides that, that's fucked up if you're doing that shit. Because you can't keep your head together and you shouldn't be in a pack anyway, right? you know, shooting up. Uh, another one was uh, sleeping with an old lady. You know, you never wanted to do that without permission, man. You know how old ladies are. They fucking, they cause all kinds of problems in the biker scene and the biker club uh, community. <laughs> to say the least. <laughs> and another one was uh, you did something that was against the club, man. You lost the trust of the club. You know, you were pulling fucking some scams, or, you know, you're lying, you were stealing. You know, that was a reason why you were put out bad. Nowadays, it seems like that has changed. Uh, I know some of the major one percenter clubs it hasn't changed with, but the other clubs out there it has. You know, you can be put out on bad for just pissing on somebody's bush the wrong way now. But... 
you know, in the instance of uh, what happened this weekend, uh, with all the reporting, uh, with the responses from the AOA and stuff like that, there was a damn good reason, let me tell you, that, you know, he was put out on bad. And as many of you know, uh, Insane Throttle had him on here. Uh, I've wrote articles about him in the past. And you know what? That was my fault for not getting both sides of the freaking story. It's, you know, I've been getting calls upon calls from clubs and all kinds of people, you know, the last few days. And that's all on me, man. You know, Insane Throttle put his dumb ass on and, you know, without getting both sides of the story. And as everybody knows, both sides of the story is important to us. One thing about Insane Throttle is, if you're with the motorcycle community, we'll give you a chance to speak. <laughs> it might not be the most popular thing to do, but we give people and clubs that are not popular a chance to speak. And the reason we do that is, without both sides of the story, how can anybody make a reasonable decision based on just part of the story? So, you know, I actually just got an email about that, you know, something, you know, people are talking like this and that, and they say this and that, and personally, I really don't pay attention to the social media shit that much, because uh, it's nothing <laughs> more than high school drama to me, but an adult version, but, you know, that's the answer to that question that I was sent today is... I'll put anybody on as long as the other side of the story gets to come out. And boy, did I learn that one. But going back to how bad stuff. Uh, usually when you're put out bad, you have entire your entire chapter votes on it. It's just not a president or a VP or two or three guys that get together and say, Hey, fuck this guy. We're putting him out bad. If your club's going by bylaws which most of uh, the legit ones do, they bring it to the table. They present their facts, and they vote. Those bringing charges against the member better have their ducks in a row. You better have proof of what you're saying, because an out-bad vote is actually one of the most important things that a member is going to do as far as uh, their duties to the bylaw. So that's taken very serious. And I know some of the national clubs, all the bigger ones, they actually got an appeals process. You know, if a chapter puts them out bad, you know, you can go to your regional or your nationals and you can present your case there. But that's how serious how bad is taken. It's not taken lightly. Especially from some of the bigger clubs. Because motorcycle clubs are supposed to be about brotherhood. And if you think about it, how can you just throw a brother out to the street? Unless there's a damn good reason to do that. So you got to think about that when, especially with the bigger clubs, you see guys out there put out bad. Well, they're out bad for a fucking reason. And the club has the backing and the proof. You can't go out there, take one man's word, and not know or even recognize that they went through a process. And the process was a vote. So how can you go out there and say, well, this club's a piece of shit, or that club's a piece of shit, because they put this guy out on bad, because he's saying this and that. It don't seem fair. Well, for one, you're not a member of their club. Two, you weren't in the room for the vote to hear the evidence, so how could you even pass judgment on what a club does? And three, to get an entire club or a chapter to vote unanimous on anything, that's a hard freaking thing to do, and most of the time, it has to be an unanimous vote for somebody to be put out on bad. It's a serious deal. You know, these other, you know, pop-up diamonds, as I call them, you know, they don't t they'll just put you out on bad for whatever reason. They'll put you out on the internet and all that shit. 
that's not the case with the bigger legit ones. And when I say legit, I say legit. Because if you think about it, really, look at some of these new name clubs that just throws a diamond on there. And I'm not going to mention names. I'm not. You see them all over the place. And when you do see them, they're taking pictures in their backyard or they'll be building half-ass clubhouses, put in their... It's like, what the fuck do you do to get a one percenter diamond? Really? The one percenter diamond's so damn watered down, you even see the bigger one percenter clubs now getting away from it because of this shit. Another question, and this is an interesting one. But here I'm going to ask you to use some logic. And, you know, I know it's hard in the internet age to use logic. Many people say, well, why didn't Club go get the property? Well, why did they still have it? Why didn't they take care of it? Blah, 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 blah. You know what? It actually sounds... You ever see that Peanuts uh, with, uh, you know, what the hell is that? Charlie Brown shit when that fucking teacher goes... Yeah, that's what I hear when I hear that question. Because most who are asking that question never rode with a motorcycle club. They, some don't even own a damn bike. They're just in there for, a you know, the drama. But the reason being is, this is 2018. Shit like it used to happen don't happen no more. Especially when you got a guy calling the fucking cops on you. Right there, it establishes motive if anything happens. And I don't know if you guys know it or not. The prison time, you know, the sentences nowadays, they don't do them so lightly anymore. Especially when it comes to motorcycle clubs. They like doing that Rico bullshit. They love throwing 25 of life at people. So, you gotta say to yourself, when you ask that question, well, yeah, it's a huge club and they've been around, blah, blah, blah. Look, <laughs> they're just like anybody else, man. They got the cops called. And what the hell are you going to do when you got motive established? If something happens to them, the first one that's going to walk, you know, come to your door, you know, the first Fed, the ATF, the EA, whoever's on the fucking case is going to come right to the clubhouse. And they're going to start harassing everybody. They're going to stick fucking CIs in there. They're going to freaking start following club members wherever they're at because this idiot who couldn't freaking turn in a patch and had to call cops winds up on the side of the road. So what, what, what sense does that make? Really? You're telegraphing everything once uh, that guy calls the cops. Because now it's established he's an out-bad member of a motorcycle club. And now there's a threat against his life or whatever. Bullshit yard. Personally, I don't understand. You know what? Even George Christie. You know, and I know the red and white, they can't stand him. All, all of the red and white supporters can't stand him. But you gotta give him props, man. At least he handed in his shit the right way. He handed all his club patches in, all his belts, all his buckles, jewelry, whatever had that club logo on there, because he knew it was club property. He didn't call the cops when it was going to be collected. He gave it up the right way, the way the man was supposed to do it. And you got to think about that. For somebody who's going to call the cops and was in a club like this, Marking them orders all them years. Being a tough guy. All them years. All of a sudden, he don't want to do the right thing? You got to think, well, what would he have done if that happened with another member back in the day? Yeah, it wouldn't be so cute, but it's all right for this to happen now? Club's got enough problems, man. They got feds all over them 24-7, even if they didn't do a fucking thing wrong. So why the hell are they going to add another one over a piece of shit or shits that don't want to hand in club property? Yeah, karma's a bitch. It's going to come back. 
Eventually, karma's a bitch. It'll come back and hit you. You know, it can only last so far and so long. Clubs. There was a protocol out there that, you know, and it depended what uh, political aisle you were on, I have to say. But most clubs won't fucking even talk to an outbad member of any club, even if they're their enemy. Nowadays, don't seem like that's the case anymore. You got guys out there that are in motorcycle clubs. Here, the other motorcycle club's explanation, he's out, for one, the club don't have to explain shit. If they say he's out bad, he's out bad, that should be enough. That should be enough right there for any club member out there to say, you know what, fuck you, get out of here, you're out bad. We want nothing to do with you. But nowadays that shit don't happen. You can have all the proof in the world. You can have the club fucking come out and say, hey, we voted as a club. This guy's out bad. These guys are out bad. And it don't happen anymore. Supporters or club members, they don't abide by that shit anymore. Well, in chorus, until, you know, the bitching starts, that it's on the opposite side of the fence, you know. If it's one of their out bad members, then they're all up in arms. <laughs> That's some bullshit right there, man. It really is. Oh, uh, but that's a little bit about how bad stuff, you know, be assured if a club puts you out bad, your ass is out bad for a reason, and more than just one or two people voted to do it. Anyways, I appreciate you guys uh, watching, appreciate the support during the weekend, appreciate all the phone calls, all the emails, yes, we got more coming eventually, uh... Don't want to put it all out there at once, man. That sucks. <laughs> There's too much, by the way. But uh, anyway, uh, agitated ramblings again, man. Seriously, man. Don't take your channel down for them motherfuckers. Come back on. That was a good freaking station. You know, it'll take time, but you'll get there. You know, don't let the woofers scare you off, man. Seriously, man. You know... Those guys like BD, Dibber and Win, you know, Big Kaz, even freaking uh, Chuck over at Backroad Bikers, man, Adventures. You know, he's an opinionated motherfucker, but he, you know what, he does good for one part of the segment of the community. Just like BD does good for one segment, Dibber does good, you know, good for one segment. Everybody has to realize the more sources you have, the better everything is. Because in the day, and this is especially for you uh, New Jacks, all we had was an Easy Rider magazine or Outlaw Biker magazine once a freaking month, and that's how we got our damn happenings in the freaking biker scene, or hanging out at a freaking bar. That's where we got it. Now you got all kinds of sources out there you know, all kinds of different opinions, different angles to get your, you know, to get your content. So, get back up there, agitated ramblings. Fuck all the bullshit. So, with that, I'll see you guys tomorrow. Hope you guys are safe, riding your asses off, eating some pussy. And for those girls out there that are watching this, hopefully you're getting yourself a hunk and stuff. I don't want to be sexist, man. That women, uh, <laughs> that when I did with women uh, in the biker scene, man, Jesus Christ, the claws came out on my ass, you women. You know, take a chill pill. Shit. Anyways, I'll talk to you guys later. Well, that's it for this week's episode of Motorcycle Madhouse. Don't forget to go over to New Insane Throttle's new YouTube channel and check me out over on Biker Angle. Also, get your daily dose of biker news every morning at HarleyLiberty.com. If you haven't done so already, go like the new Motorcycle Madhouse Facebook page. And until next week, I'm James Hollywood Machikari. And remember, keep that throttle cracked wide open. 
Introducing the amazing iPhone XS you'll love on T-Mobile, the most loved in wireless. It's the perfect way to stay connected to those you heart most. Fall in love with iPhone XS on T-Mobile. And right now, trade in an eligible iPhone and you'll save $300. Visit a store or call 1-800-T-MOBILE. If you cancel service, remaining balance is due. Qualifying service and finance agreements required. $279.99 down plus $30 per month times 24. Full price $999.99. 0% APR for well-qualified buyers plus tax on full price. Allow eight weeks for rebate. Holiday tips and wine stories from Paul, Kristen, and Dexter at Total Wine and More. Did you know there are over 1 million bubbles in a glass of champagne? Here's to a whole lot of celebrating. Crisp whites like a floral Sauvignon Blanc pairs perfectly with shrimp cocktail and other light appetizers. Now that's how you kick off a holiday meal. Don't stress about choosing the right wine for a meaningful gift. Consider me your wine concierge. As you check off that gift list this holiday season, we'd love to share our always low prices and ridiculous selection at Total Wine and More. Cheers. 